0: to relatable roles as always i'm your host claire higginbottom along with my buddy over here max the i bet you're thinking whoa who's this person talking because i know max usually does our intros but now that we're an official podcast he lets me talk sometimes too
1: we're all about equality here at relatable roles
0: this is our version of feminism or something i ever shut up So, Max, today we're playing a game that's a little different. A lot of us know, a lot of people know us from our Delta Green plays, but we can't always be going through an existential crisis. So, we're doing a, something. I mean, we might actually have an existential crisis in this game, but it will at least not be Lovecraftian, theoretically. Yeah, it'll be a, a, <laughs> it'll
1: be a, a, a different kind of crisis. So, yeah, people know yeah. us from uh, either these uh, actual play recordings or from our appearances on the Delta Green Twitch channel where Caleb and friends are putting us through just the most ridiculous situations that usually involve one of us dying. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's
0: absolute hell is usually a good way to describe it.
1: Yeah, and you were just telling me today how you had like a Delta Green uh, related dream last night, and I recently did some yard work, so I have some precariously placed tree branches by a window now, and I've always, when I catch them out of the corner of my eye, it looks like some sort of tentacly thing. So yeah, we need to change things up for a little bit
0: yeah it's it was starting to get a little ridiculous
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so today we are going to be playing million dollar soulmate a game of romance and or disquiet by greg Stolzi. um long listeners to the program may remember that back under the dicing and drinking nominer we interviewed greg about um dueling FOPS of vindamir and
0: uh which will be a play on this podcast very soon which yes i'm sure hilarious results <laughs>
1: oh yes i'm very much looking forward to that but when we were discussing gmless games um million dollar soulmate uh came up in discussion and we obviously had to uh check this game out uh because you know i i typically am the games here and it- it's a lot of work and sometimes it's uh Sometimes around the time, and sometimes it's more fun to do collaborative experiences with your best buddy. Which is what Yay! we're doing today.
0: So tell us a little bit about the premise of this game, Max.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a little different than our usual foray. Um, so Million Dollar Soulmate is a two-player game in which a million-dollar male or female, whomever is playing, meets a quote-unquote soulmate um, online. They are immensely wealthy. Their partner, their, their possible partner is not. And uh, this game kind of goes through a series of ambiguous dates over a, a, a three different phases. And uh, at the end of this game, we'll determine, uh, will our characters remain an item? Or will it just be some melodramatic, over-the-top tragedy? Possibly both. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So uh, this game is played over uh, three phases. Uh, Meet Cute, which also doubles as the character generation, where we define features about each other's character and our own character. Um, several dates where we will be uh, acting out various dates, um Uh, kind of fleshed out by some of the uh, questions we're going to be answering. And then the final scene of the scene at the boathouse, where uh, the game reaches its climax, and we decide whether or not um, this is a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship. Uh, Does the soulmate bring out the best in the millionaire, or do they imbide all the worst aspects of their uh, personality and character? So... There's a couple of basic dice mechanics that are that are involved with this, but um, for the most part, it's all, I mean all, all you need is a, a D6. So I of course chose the biggest one I have in my house. But you know, no no complicated rolling, no in-depth rules, uh, just some kind of basic guidelines on uh, how we're gonna do this. So let's get this show on the road.
0: Yeah. So. The the cool thing to start off with is Max and I only know each other's characters' names. So as Max said, we're going to basically flesh out our characters in this first phase. So I will be playing the millionaire this time around, which is something that will never happen in real life. So I'm going to enjoy it while I have it. Um, and my name is Karina Vandersmoot.
1: All right, and I am playing the potential soulmate, whose name is Melvin Richards. So we are in the uh, the meet cute phases where each of us have six uh, questions that kind of flesh out our personality of our uh, characters we'll be playing over the next mm, hour or two. And uh, there's a, a, a definitive order of how these things go. So the Soulmate player, me, starts by answering any question on either sheet. One of the questions, I'm going to answer my own question first, which is, what do you know for absolute certain about love and romance? So Melvin knows that uh, you find love in the most unexpected places and when you're not necessarily looking for it. That's why he was very hesitant about doing the whole online dating thing. He not want to seem too desperate or, or or try hard that he you know needs to find someone. After uh, much cajoling by friends, family and associates, he's like, oh, "Okay, I'll 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 give it a shot. You know, maybe maybe there's maybe there's some uh, truth to to doing uh, stuff like this." So so that is my um Answer so uh, next up, each of us are going to answer a question about our own character. claire, what which which question are you going to answer on your sheet?
0: I am going to answer the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and that is when I was in college, I was on my university's equestrian team, and I was good. Um I got a scholarship even though I didn't need it. Um, but, there was a day where just my horse and I were not vibing, and she got a little frightened. I got kicked off, and she stomped on my foot and it broke in like four different places, um because it's a horse. And now I kind of walk with a limp all the time because it just you know it's a foot it doesn't heal great all the time. So now I walk with a little bit of a limp, and it's something that I'm super self- conscious about.
1: Mhm do you have do you have like? special orthopedic shoes or or something like that or
0: yeah like i i consider myself a very fashion forward kind of lady um and it's you know one of those things that kind of digs in the back of my head that i'm sad that i can't wear a lot of the the really fancy expensive shoes just cuz i can't i physically can't walk in them and it seems so superficial but it's something that makes me really sad because i enjoy looking nice
1: okay uh I am going to answer the question: What's my place in society? So Melvin is a baker. He bakes bread. Um, so uh, he is a you know up at the crack of four a.m. or three a.m. to get down to you know the little local uh, baker bakery where he is you know putting the loaves in the uh, in the ovens uh, for the you know the the for the you know the the morning rush, the morning customers, people coming by the bakery to pick up various um, baked goods. Uh, he primarily works with bread, but also does uh, some pastries. To kind of just you know it's it's a it's a multi-purpose uh, facility. But it's not something he went to like culinary school for. It's something he kind of just you know picked up and, and like as a as a hobby at first, but then kind of like oh well I, I I'll try doing this you know, as a career. And uh, he enjoys his work. Um, Not the most, you know, prestigious thing, but uh, he's financially comfortable, we'll we'll say, you know, not living extravagantly, but he's not scraping by.
0: I bet you always smell delicious, Melvin.
1: <laughs> Probably uh, random bits of flour always, you know, standing a lot of his clothes, but...
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say my my next question about myself will be, because we do two this round, uh, is what is a secret I've never told anyone? Um, this actually ties into what the worst thing that ever happened to me was. Um, and it's something that I have never told anyone. And that's that I purposely caused my dramatic horse accident because I was feeling so pressured by my family to be perfect in everything that I wanted an easy escape out of it.
1: I thought you were going to say that you shot the horse yourself, but...
0: No. No, I love that horse. I mean, I don't know what happened to it once it hurt me because my parents wouldn't tell me. Um, But I I did cause the accident myself because I was too overwhelmed and was reaching a mental break. And when you have parents as highfalutin and rich and caring as much about appearances as I do you can't have a mental break because that Hmm. reflects badly on the entire family. So I engineered my way out of my stress myself.
1: Okay. What was the horse's name? Lulu. What was that? Lulu. Mm Hmm. Okay. Let's see. What will, I'm going to answer. Oh no, no. Yeah. What will astonish how, what about me will astonish the millionaire? So. I'm gonna say that uh, Melvin is a rather uh, genuine, salt of the earth kind of guy. Um, has no uh, lofty, you know, uh, I- I- ideals, or um, isn't, isn't full of himself. I mean, he's he's good at baking his bread and stuff like that, um, and he, you know, takes pride in what what he does. But um, he's you know, what you see is kind of what you get. And, uh, you know, that's not always the case with a lot of people. So um, there's a sincerity yeah. to him about it, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I guess that would be not something that a lot of millionaires would necessarily understand. It seems like everyone kind of has a hidden agenda. So it's it's weird to meet someone who doesn't have a hidden agenda. OK, I yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's that would be very surprising to me. So each player now answers two questions about the other character. The millionaires answering about the soulmate and vice versa. I'll let you go first this time.
1: No, I, I mean I I just went. So what? It's your turn oh. to answer a thing. So what's something? What's one of my questions that you're gonna ask or answer?
0: So I'm gonna talk about what circumstances bring out the worst in you, and because you're such, like a, you know, like I said, salt of the earth. What you see is what you get. Transparent kind of guy. Whenever you're put in a situation where there is a lot of, like, ambiguity or obvious hidden meaning to a conversation that's going on, you get very, very uncomfortable to the point where you start to get a little snippy and aggressive. Like, you will get very angry if you feel like someone is not being completely open with you, and it yeah. gives you a little bit of a of a snippy streak.
1: Okay, I mean that's kind of the point of all of the interactions we're supposed to have. So I'm not opposed to doing that, but I feel like that'd be something very easy to fall back upon unless it's a, a unless. Well, I mean, the way that the dates are, are the dates are set up, that's going to come up once, possibly. So it, it's something I kind of can pepper in, but not directly. Um,
0: okay. Well, let me ex- think about what other circumstances would bring out the worst. in Well, I maybe. Mean... <laughs>
1: No, 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 no. Let's, let's, no. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Okay. It's just it, It'll be a uh, role-playing challenge for me, I suppose.
0: You getting snippy and aggressive in ambiguous situations would be difficult for you?
1: <laughs> I'm trying not to play myself, Claire.
0: That's fair. <laughs> Alright, your turn.
1: Okay. Um. What's the big trouble you escaped with money and privilege? Okay, so another member of the equestrian team your team rival knows that you caused the accident that led to your injury and um you know everyone was kind of fawning over you uh -hmm. you know when, when when the accident happened and such like that but they they were able to tell how you know it was your fault and they were going to reveal your actions, which would have, you know, got lost your your scholarship that you didn't need, but um, as well as kind of like dishonoring you in your uh, family's eyes and such like that, and uh, you couldn't deal with that pressure, I guess, or the 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 repercussions of this coming out. So you paid off your rival, like all of their expenses for the remainder of your time in college.
0: That sounds like something I would do. I don't handle pressure very well. I'm learning about my own self. (laughs) Would I want to talk about your erotic identity or your enemies? I don't know. I think uh, your enemy is kind of like your former mentor from when you kind of first started getting into the baking world. Um, Okay. They taught you pretty much you know, everything you need to know about like how the bread's supposed to feel as it's rising and all, you know, things that you have like a very strong teacher-student relationship. And kind of under this mentorship, you started creating all of these amazing new recipes and techniques that they were kind of blown away by. And you kind of came to find out that they were playing the other side and taking those recipes and claiming them as their own, which is something that obviously does not sit well with you as a person, um, and use that to kind of springboard their own business off, kind of leaving you in the dust. A cup okay. of flour, if you will. <laughs>
1: sure, sure. So you've got a couple left, so this is my second one for you now. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing you've ever done that didn't involve money? Let's say you challenge yourself to one of those like one hundred mile marathons that like the super serious you know, like track people do. Yeah. Um and uh you weren't trying to like go for like a best time.
0: Yeah, with my foot that would be hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was more so uh being able to tackle this this challenge despite your um handicap or not not really handicap, but um you 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 tried to just so that you actually could do it i guess um and that was something you did through like pure uh perseverance uh building it up over you know several months or maybe even years to be able to you know exert yourself uh for, for that long and that was something that you know money couldn't yeah by.
0: Completing a task that I couldn't pay my way out of was very important to me, yeah. because obviously I still felt some residual guilt about uh letting myself be blackmailed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now I have to answer a question about the soulmate, which ends up being your last question. So I guess I do have to answer your erotic identity. And from what I, the, the vibe I'm getting from Melvin is that he's very confident in his gender identity, like he's a kind of like he's not like a, a bro manly man but he's just like if a lumberjack was a baker he's just like you know he just like he he knows he's a like a strong powerful dude but he's like mm-hmm. not super misogynistic about it mm-hmm. um he doesn't necessarily identify as bisexual um but he isn't one of those people that's weirded out by like saying another man is attractive he's Secure enough in who he is that he can be like, "Oh, that is an attractive man, And he wouldn't totally rule it out, but like for all intents and purposes he's he's straight. Mm-hmm. He's not in a sexual way. he's not you know overboardly kinky, but if a girl asked nicely for her hair to be pulled or to get you know spanked up a little bit, he would gladly acquiesce, but he's very, very um particular about his consent that he gets
1: that seems like the kind of guy melvin is so we have a little note sheet that we're keeping track of these answers on um and uh, so claire's taking the notes and under that one it says mostly straight but super secure could do some kink if heavy consent
0: i'm not gonna word for word everything yeah 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 it's, yeah. it's... The general idea
1: <laughs> just your phrasing is uh uh-huh. is uh is fine yeah.
0: Okay, so now you have to answer a question about the character you didn't address in the first step, so you have to answer one of my questions.
1: Okay. What is your erotic identity? Hmm. You definitely put yourself out there and uh, make your intentions known to whomever crosses your path. Some people would say you're a bit of a nympho, but you don't view yourself in that light. Uh, you just see yourself as having like a a healthy appetite. It's good, good yeah. cardio, because you because you're not doing you're not doing a hundred mile marathon, you know, every week or whatever. So you yeah. know, gotta keep the heart yeah. healthy.
0: Am I am I cis and straight, or am I kind of just like playing the field? Mm.
1: Let's say um, cis and straight, but your forwardness has turned off some potential partners. Who are used to a more reserved partner, I guess.
0: Yeah. So even though I can be an anxious person, maybe that lays into me being so upfront with people right off the bat is that I don't want to like sit and stew in my anxiety. I'd rather just be upfront and have an answer immediately. Yeah. All righty. So now for me, I have to answer the last question about the millionaire. So which is why didn't you take the cheat code option? I guess some backstory on this question that we didn't touch in the game introduction. Um, The the millionaire finds this potential soulmate uh, after paying a million dollars to track this person down, but they choose to meet them the old fashioned way and get to know them the old fashioned way instead of getting like a dossier and all of their personal information and, you know, the deep, dark secrets that you can get if you have the money to get it. So in this situation, the millionaire doesn't get that fancy folder of all the information, just knows like their name and where they work. Um, so I think I didn't take the cheat code option, um, kind of plays into my erotic ident- identity that I, you know, I am pretty forward, I'm used to making the first move. So I wanted to kind of, you know, know who the person is and know that we are potentially soulmates to kind of quell that initial anxiety of whether or not we'll get along. But I still wanted to be the one to to make that first move because that's the the dating situation that I'm most comfortable with.
1: OK, yeah. I, I got to
0: be a little aggressive and get to know someone, but it it be just helps aggressive. me have a, be
1: exactly. aggressive,
0: <laughs> but this kind of gives me a heads up. on at least this person and I are theoretically by the numbers and the algorithm
1: mm-hmm. supposed
0: to get along.
1: Yeah. In what way? Yeah. Who can say? now with these questions answered how do the two of us meet
0: uh i think that i well since i have your name and place of employment i think i'm gonna go see you in your element and make it kind of like a oh i just came here to buy bread oh my god you're such a good baker blah 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 Mm -hmm. kind of situation Mm -hmm. i think i'd like to kind of just walk in kind of you know not that you're gonna hear the hallelujah chorus when the door busts in and there's light streaming behind me Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm someone like me might not necessarily go to your bakery. So you definitely would notice me as I walk in and kind of confidently make my way up to the counter, walking in a way to kind of minimize my limp because I am trying to keep that back on a, on a meat cute. But mm-hmm, I'd like mm-hmm. to think that I kind of bust in and introduce myself after buying your bread and telling you that it's delicious and maybe we can get together sometime and talk more about your bread.
1: Am I am I the person also working the register or just do I just happen to be there um when you're when you're buying uh uh buying buying the bread and you're like oh my gosh I must meet the baker or something like that
0: Yeah I think I since I know you're the baker you probably come in super early in the morning and get mm-hmm. all of that baking done um so I think kind of knowing that I would come in pretty early um and talk to whoever's at the register and be like I have to meet your baker. Like this is the best thing I've ever eaten. So I kind of draw you out from the back uh, by complimenting your, your your baked goods.
1: Okay. So yeah. So that's what happens. Uh, Karina Vandersnoot comes out to. Oh, what's my what's what's the bakery? What's the bakery's name? Um... Um, should it be something like ridiculous and Italian sounding.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like the Melvin kind of thing.
1: True. It almost um,
0: seems like it should be like a bread pun. Hmm.
1: Like,
0: no crusts about it.
1: <laughs> there we go. No crusts about it. Yeah. Bakery at no crusts about it.
0: That was not a good pun, but I'm glad we're nah. rolling with it.
1: Yep. Karina's um. not
0: known for her puns. <laughs> but she tries anyways.
1: Sure. Right. Karina Vanders- Vandersmoot goes over to no crusts about it. And uh, after some cajoling with uh, the uh, cashier, meets Melvin Richards, and uh, you know, um, Melvin is impressed by um, the way that she's describing, you know, his his bread. It's it's a it's a very uh, um, straightforward and and um, well, I guess like a genuine appreciation for uh, the for my for my my caraway rye bread. That's my favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. And
0: I think Melvin would also appreciate that I am being very forward.
1: Yes, yes. I'm assuming that you are the one asking. Yes. uh For you know.
0: Yeah, if, I feel you like. Wanted... Based on our corresponding personalities, I'm gonna say something along the lines of, "I really enjoyed learning more about your bread process, Melvin. I'd really like it if we could get together and maybe." I don't know, have dinner, do something, and you can tell me a little bit more about the bread and maybe about yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I have to uh, I, got, I have to be here pretty early, so I can't do, like, the nine thirty, ten p.m. dinners that I know is, like, all the rage right now. I, I, I eat by, like, 5.30 or 6.
0: Well, when do you get off now? We could do a lunch.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> All right, so that that wraps up the meat cute.
0: So now the three dates we go on, they have to be three sequential dates, but they don't have to be the first three dates. They can just be important dates. But I think this one should probably be the first date. Okay. I think that makes sense. Yeah,
1: sounds good. Get to good. know
0: each other. <laughs> mhm,
1: mhm. So now we each roll a die, and um, the result that comes up is the facet of our personality that. Uh, is focused on in the, in the okay. uh, game. So, so
0: I rolled a five, and we also keep track of our running dice totals. Um, but my first roll was a five, which means somehow the worst thing that's ever happened to me is going to uh, play into this.
1: Okay, and I rolled a two, which is what I know for absolute certain about love and romance, and that is, you know, find it in most unexpected places when I least expect it. And I've been hesitant to do the uh, the online
0: scene. So one of our roles will have to be a problem that results that that has that happens on the date, and the other role is kind of how that issue gets resolved. So we're going to kind of chat and figure out which one is which and how we want to play it, and then we'll we'll role play our little scene.
1: Yeah, So we'll be right back. And we're back. Oh, uh, we should decide where our first date is going to be.
0: Yeah. I think since I asked you out uh on this lunch date, um, you know, I did make a move and I I wanted to go out with you, but I'm still a little like anxious and nervous and trying to impress you. So I picked somewhere maybe a little too fancy than you're used to, a little too pretentious for your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of makes things a little awkward to get started. So yeah, this is like yeah. A fancy French, like, you know, prefix Destro. lunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm literally coming from, uh, work. And yes, yeah, so like you're like that, covered so. in
0: flour and yeah. you smell like yeast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, you get there before I do. Um, and, uh, there's a, uh, awkward situation with the, um, mater D, um, who obviously thinks I do not, uh, belong in this uh, fine dining establishment with my flower covered cl- clothing, but I, uh, you know, I, you know, you go like yoo-hoo or something like that, and yeah. um, you know, the the guy, you know, stops, you know, being in my way. So
0: yeah, and I think kind of to go along with uh, the fact that the restaurant's a little fancy, I maybe got a little overdressed because I was feeling a little antsy and wanted to put my my best impression forward which kind of leads into your question that we have to relate to um being kind of the issue that happens on our first date.
1: Thank you for asking me for lunch Karina. I'm uh I've I've heard of this place but I haven't been here uh, myself. It's that um you know I'm only a baker it doesn't uh uh a little, little bit out of my price range for uh for a luncheon, But uh you know you know I, I much prefer this to uh doing online dating it's so superficial and people are just kind of you know putting what they want others to see forward instead of the, instead of their true actual selves but you know you you find people in the weirdest places you know so i mean you you the- walked you walked into my bakery today and you know yeah. here we and are
0: kind of get uncomfortable and like because i have a lot of very expensive jewelry on my hands and I feel very superficial so I kind of like put it in my lap and become very uncomfortable and I try and relate to the situation go yeah I, I you know I I put myself out there a lot but I you know get really nervous and anxious and I you know when I was in college I got so nervous in a, in a competition, I fell off my horse and it stepped on my foot. And I mean, I can't wear fancy shoes and that's kind of stressful, but I also, I mean, did you notice I walk with a limp, but I, I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm trying really hard to impress you and I, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't notice that you walked with a limp and I mean, this is only uh, a first date, so I don't expect to be, you know, wooed. Um, you know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't plan this or anything, you know, so, um, but, uh, yeah, you, uh, you, you, you fell off your horse and it stepped on you. That's, that's, that's terrible.
0: It's probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me.
1: (laughs) Well, I suppose if, you know, being able to not wear fancy shoes is the, uh, outcome, I suppose it's, could be worse, I guess. I think and I think that's a good you know way to wrap up the uh,
0: yeah
1: the, the, the that scene so
0: yeah. So me trying too hard and coming off superficial and yeah. you not really knowing how to process that,
1: <laughs> yeah, being like, so you 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 can't wear fancy shoes. that's your that's your uh, biggest takeaway from that <laughs> experience. so ok. So um, you know, coming up with names, coming with coming up with ideas for dates isn't always the. Uh, Easiest thing in, in role-playing games Or in real life Luckily, <laughs> uh, Greg Stolzi has included In the appendix of Million Dollar Soulmate A dates Exclamation uh, point table So uh, Claire and I are both Going to roll a D6 And consult the table on where our second date Is going to be
0: uh, I rolled a 4
1: And I rolled a 2 So we are going to the opening night Of a revival for a Broadway Favorite
0: Ooh, for date two, or whatever. The second date in the
1: system. Yeah, the next uh, noteworthy date. Yeah. So, all right, what will our questions that come up be? So let's see here. I rolled a six.
0: All righty, I rolled a two.
1: So mine is, who is my enemy and why? The former, mental, former, yeah, 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 former mentor who stole my shit.
0: Uh, and mine is the best thing I've ever done that didn't involve money, which was my mega marathon. Okay.
1: Uh, so let's say that um, my former mentor, uh, let's say his name is Esteban. Uh, Stole my baking recipes and, um, you know, got got to make great fame and fortune off of them.
0: Oh, I think that while we're at this Broadway revival, um, we grab like there's like a little bar area where we can grab drinks Mm -hmm. and Esteban is there. So we have to that's the problem is that like, you see him and he like says hi to you and he's very clearly there like paying his own way and you're Mm -hmm. there because I brought you. Mm -hmm, so that causes like a little bit of tension
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he's uh yeah so
0: yeah so then you kind of get stressed i think then you kind of like get weirded out about like yeah how you could have had more money if Mm -hmm. you did this and then i can be like well you know i have a lot of money but i found that some of the most we can like talk about how so one of the best things i did in my life didn't involve money yeah Yeah. we can rp that
1: (laughs) okay all right so what's the Broadway play we're gonna see you can let's we, we could make it up or something uh, like that
0: the it's the newest touring company of the hit Frank John Cooper musical dogs <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and in this musical uh, all of the performers are dressed up in like spandex body suits that are like kind of dog looking but it's pretty uncanny valley And it's really just every song is about the dog introducing themselves and talking about their favorite things.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's
0: like, it's one of those musicals that like, no one really likes, but everyone says that they like it just because it kind of turned into a whole snowball, kind of like how Nickelback got really popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this guy's also known for um, Moonlight Airway, where everyone is like this weird, plain human hybrid.
0: And uh, Goblin of the Playhouse.
1: Yep, yep, so... But uh, you know, dogs! Exclamation point. Yeah. So it's the it's the break uh, between Act One and Act Two, and we're going out for refreshments. You are obviously wearing a very elegant gown, and I'm wearing the one suit that I have that you mm-hmm. know makes me feel like I'm kind of dressed for the occasion. Um, so we we go up to the bar and you order, you know, drinks because this is obviously more of your uh, wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and then um. As the bartender brings them back, I, you know, I, I turn and I freeze.
0: What's Melvin? What's wrong? Are you, it's, are you okay? I kind of like hand you your bourbon on the rocks. That's very expensive, like in a glass that costs more than your suit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that dirty thief Esteban. He stole my recipe for self-rising focaccia, and went off to open up his own bakery. And look at him now. That, that, that suit he's wearing costs more than this glass and my suit put together i could have I could have could have had it all if i if i uh was was if I wasn't so you know gullible about you know sharing what I learned, I mean, apparently I'm some kind of baking prodigy, but he stole the recipe and um patented it, and uh, you know when I try to bring it up in uh, in a small claims court, he threatened legal action, and I, I I don't have the money to pursue that, you know, so i had it had a
0: Well think of everything give you it have up. now. You have a great shop that does well and you make great breads and you can keep you know, he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. You can come up with a million better recipes before he comes up with one more. And I mean, you know that money's not everything. I know that that's rich coming from me. But I mean, I don't remember if I told you, but a couple years back I wanted to do something that I couldn't pay my way out of. So I with this old foot of mine uh trained for one of those ultra marathons and I ran it in California and you know what it was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life and I I couldn't pay to carry someone have me have someone carry me across the finish line I knew I won cuz I did what I learned to be good at and you've had your whole life being good at baking so I don't think that him having a minute of success is gonna knock down anything that you could do in the future but oh, yeah. also if you wanted to take him to small claims court i'd like i'm paying for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah aren't you sweet
0: <laughs> that was a pretty right. good second date even if the yeah. musical was bad
1: <laughs> yeah yeah all right so we are on now to the third date
0: should we roll again yeah let's let's roll again
1: this is this is fun i got a five
0: i got a six
1: uh that's 11 a museum opening and chamber music performance let's spice things up let's also roll on the hassles table
0: all right i got a one
1: i got a three the, dates so the date venue.
0: venue is closed due to fire weather or other act of God.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: Let's see what our okay. questions are. Yeah, go I have. From there. All
1: right. Uh, I rolled a two, which I've already rolled once, so I have to go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you already know about me being a baker. Um, hmm. Let's say that um it's my place in society. I feel very out of place at this museum with the chamber uh with the you know the chamber of performance and such like that and I don't think that like like that's my peak. I uh, that's my character's peak.
0: Yeah, and I rolled a 6, which is what's the big trouble I escaped with money and privilege. Um, okay. Which feels like is going to be kind of a problem because i can you know i clearly i'm not afraid to pay my way out of things um and maybe that makes you upset
1: <laughs> okay all right okay i know what's gonna i know what's gonna happen at the museum okay all right so we're at the cityville uh institute of arts and uh you know there's this big showing and there's the chamber music and uh we're we're dancing, you know, kind of like this ballroom dancing. I'm kind of struggling my way through it, kind of like one, two, three, one, two, three, and stuff like that. And um, you can tell that Melvin is very, very out of place and um, kind of kind of uncomfortable with uh, with the situation. You know, he's trying to enjoy himself, but he's kind of just like, eh, and this is a little little hoity-toity uh, for him, and he's like. Karina, I mean, I mean, why, why are we here? I mean, I'm, I'm just a baker. I mean, this, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not one for for gala openings. I mean, I've, I'm, I've kind of hit my stride, and this is, this is fun, but it's not, it's, it's not me.
0: Well, what do you want to do? I can. Do you want to go eat somewhere? I can buy us dinner. Or I can take us somewhere else. Like I, I don't. Money is no object. Let me take you somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, we're always doing something kind of like, uh, you know, fancy and, you know, um, expensive and stuff like that. It's something more, you know, down, you know, low key or let's go for a walk in the park or something like that. You know, money's not everything.
0: Okay, let's go for a walk in the park.
1: You know, money's not everything. And I think people really, you know, give it give it too much uh, emphasis in their life. You know, it's. It's, it's nothing good can come from it.
0: I mean, it's not all bad. I mean, I, I feel very spoiled saying this, but I mean, money can get you out of jams that you really can't handle.
1: Oh, like what?
0: So, you know how uh, I had that accident when I was in college.
1: Yeah, you're, 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 you managed to dance beautifully despite the fact.
0: <laughs> it's it wasn't so much an accident and someone else found out it wasn't much of an accident and blackmailed me. And you don't know what kind of pressure, you don't understand the kind of pressure I was under from my family and from everyone and my parents' friends and, and all of those stuck up snobby rich people. So I had to, you know, use the privilege and money that I had to, to protect myself and my family. And I was lucky enough to be able to do that.
1: So, you're telling me you caused the accident and then paid off the person who found out that you caused the accident? Yes. Okay, upon hearing that, Melvin kind of, like, recoils in kind of, like, not terror, but just, like, absolute shock. And there's, like, those big, like, candelabras on the poles, you know? And he bumps into one so uh, he he jostles it so aggressively that it tips over. and there's big like drapes hanging from the columns that, you know, go up to the second story of this um um atrium area of the Cityville Institute of Art. And the drape goes up in flames. and then it kind of just spirals out of control yeah. from there. And Melvin flees the scene yeah as he causes a fire at the art museum
0: uh before he leaves before he flees he kind of catches my eye and he sees me pull out my checkbook and like kind of give him a knowing nod like "Mm," as i write a blank check to the museum to cover the damages
1: okay okay all right so that concludes the several dates section Of million dollar soulmates.
0: Yeah, and I was actually I was like, how is that because you're supposed to keep the scenes ambiguous, obviously. And I was like, How is that ambiguous? That seems pretty negative for me. But then I realized that Melvin might appreciate that I was really honest about what I did. So who knows?
1: So we'll be right back with the boathouse scene finale where we figure out the final fates of Melvin and Karina.
0: So whoever has the highest running dice total gets to decide if they stay together or not. So I decide if we stay together or not. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so...
0: We have to talk about why we're at the boathouse. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh, how about, like, I um, wanted us to have a date that wasn't super expensive because I took everything that you said to heart. So Mm -hmm. I limited myself to um, a $50 date and I rented us a little rowboat and I got like a bottle of cheap wine and like a little snacky tray, like the Lunchables version of the, a charcuterie platter. Yeah, the the,
1: the, the prepackaged charcuterie. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I like very purposely set up a date that didn't cost a lot of money so you could show, so I could show you that I'm not like a money everything kind of person.
1: Even though we are at your boathouse. <laughs>
0: No, I think like a park boathouse.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well,
0: because I we'll, rented we'll... the boat. Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. I thought we were just having a. Okay. No,
0: like we're this in like it... one of those like downtown little parks Gotcha, where you can gotcha. like rent yep. the rent the swan boat for like ten dollars an hour.
1: Okay, okay. All right, so uh, let's contemplate what has happened uh, so far in um, our series of dates. So we had our our uh, our luncheon at the French bistro. Um where, you know, I you came off as very superficial. Um then we had the encounter with Esteban at Dogs, the the Broadway revival. Stealer of myself you... raging Focaccia.
0: And then you set a museum on fire.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. So so Melvin really kind of sees the two of us at odds. You know, we we have different outlooks on you know uh the purposes of money and status and and such like that um melvin's very much uh happy with his happy little life um but at the same time you know uh karina is uh very accepting of him um so you know opposite the tract and and all that or um you know, uh, this entire thing could just come off as very superficial to him, and this could be the final straw for him. So,
0: so does Melvin want this to be a healthy or a sick relationship? Um. Hmm. And why? Yeah, I'm. I'm.
1: I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Hmm. I hope it's healthy. I really hope that it's not, um, you're just using me as a way to, you know, find ways to flex your status, you know, being like, oh, I have to spend my money that I totally have on fixing those fire damage.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think for Karina, you know, in the positives for our relationship so far is that you've really put, my money and privilege, and more perspective for me, because you know, you, you didn't take it too well when I said that I've bought my way out of trouble, and I clearly was was flexing pretty hard on my money. And you've kind of showed me that maybe that that isn't the best way to lead. And if I'm honest, that's something you'll appreciate more, and then I can kind of grow as a person from that. But you know, negatively, i would kind of pulling you into the throes of capitalism and enjoying it while on one hand i'm telling you that you can create more recipes and become more successful i'm also willing to sue this asshole into the ground so maybe i'm a little more vindictive than we originally thought
1: you only see the the economic possibilities of my success
0: exactly if
1: it's if it's negative so yeah
0: so i guess if if the relationship's healthy, then that means maybe you make me more of a well-balanced person, and we can use my "quote unquote" powers for good. But if yeah, it's you a... you
1: you uh you donate money to museums not just when they've been damaged by fire.
0: Yeah, but if it's a sick relationship, then I can kind of use my money to, while continuing to try and impress you, like squash your enemies and make it so. You're not worried about anything else in your life, but like in a very kind of controlling and vindictive way.
1: Okay, all right. So each of us are going to roll a die now. I got a two.
0: I got a two. Our relationship's healthy.
1: Healthy. So um, it'll be up to uh, Karina whether or not um, yeah. we well, we stick together. So we'll, well, let's, let's go let's, on our date and we'll decide. Let's go on our date. Our our little uh rowboats at the at the yeah. at the so I'd like to think that I, kind
0: of, I didn't really tell you anything i just told you you know to meet me at the lake in the park at like 2 p.m you walk up and i have one of those like really cheesy like straight out of a sitcom like wicker picnic baskets with like the red gingham fabric <laughs> on the inside because like that's all i know yeah um yeah I'm like super dressed down and casual, and I'm like standing next to one of those swan paddle boats.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am surprisingly overdressed for this because I was <laughs> expecting something more um, extravagant, like a like a horsebound carriage ride through the park. <laughs> so I'm very like flabbergasted by you know um, a dressed down Karina with her gingham basket.
0: Yeah, I'm. I know our last date kind of ended weird um so i'm really glad that you decided to come i kind of wanted to plan a date where i didn't try and 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 flash the cash to try and get you to like me because i want to be honest with you and tell you that i do like you and i so i i i made a date i googled average cost of a date uh in u.s dollars um, it was a lot less than I thought it was going to be. It was like fifty-two dollars. Um, so, is that a lot? I don't. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Um, so I, I, I rented this rowboat, this little swan boat. We could paddle it with our feet, and it cost ten dollars an hour. So I got it for an hour, and then I got this picnic basket at a at, at Target for like five dollars, and then I got. This bottle of wine, I don't know if it's any good because it's only like $11. And then I got this... Did you know they make pre-made meat and cheese boards? They like... everything sliced and these crackers are like crumbles. But I got this too. So I got us... I got us a date for the average cost of a date in US dollars. And I hope that you like it. And I hope that you will go on this boat with me.
1: Yeah, and Melvin just says... I love it, and uh, they get into the boats, and they drink their Carlo Rossi wine, and their (laughs) prepackaged charcuterie, and they have a fine old time in their swan boat.
0: And then, while we're kind of paddling off into the sunset, I go, Melvin, I know this is a little cheesy, since we're both in our 30s, but I haven't done this in a very long time. Do you want to be my boyfriend?
1: Yes. Yay!
0: <laughs> we did it. We had a healthy relationship, and we stayed together. It's so exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, so yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, as I was reading through the rules, you know, pre- kind of like preparing for to play this, you know, over the last couple days, I was really worried. Like, man, am I going to be able to make it seem ambiguous? Like up until the end, as far as like going on all these dates, but um, I think we did a pretty good job as far as like I didn't like I legitimately didn't know like yeah. how like how it was going to go up up until the end.
0: Yeah, and I think like we kind of and it just you know because of the the virtue of the dice kind of shot ourselves in the foot with just some of the question pairs we got, mm-hmm. but it made us kind of think super existentially to kind of figure out how one is a problem and how we solve it with you know me breaking my foot Um, which (laughs) I don't know why I leaned into that so early but I'm into it 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 was a very interesting backstory for me
1: I mean a lot of my uh, responses have to do with my role as a baker so you know but yeah would you want to play this again or would you recommend this to either best friends or couples or just people sitting around on the weekday night
0: yeah i think i mean you don't have to be you know couples to play this i think some in some ways it's more fun if you're not because you don't have to worry about whether or not you're actually going to offend the other person (laughs) like i would really like to play this again and like make a completely different type of character and maybe and i would love to play out a scene where the relationship was sick and we have a very dramatic breakup um in the example scenario in the rule book it ends in a murder and you know what i think that's great i would love to have something that ends in a murder but with our characters that clearly was not going to be what yeah. happened <laughs> double mur-
1: double murder double
0: murder murder suicide
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um but yeah i think this is great and i think there's a lot of replayability because depending on you know your mood at the time and who you're playing with it's going to make the answers to the same six basic questions very pretty wildly and Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. will drastically change how the game plays, and you know each dice roll is different. So depending on how rolls go, you're going to have a different interaction every single time.
1: Yeah, I I would say it's probably a, a game best played with someone you know very well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know because like some of the questions are kind of can trod on some um sketchy territory for for people if, if they're not you know yeah very um forthcoming and 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 stuff like that um, yeah, and something i
0: really appreciate that greg does in the rules is he very specifically says that you know the players before the game starts should have a very frank conversation about topics that are off limits or topics that they're uncomfortable with so i think that it, while it you know limits some of the things you can talk about it makes it so that people are are enjoying the game and not immediately uncomfortable because of of a topic that they don't want to be involved in some sort of, you know, basic dating simulator.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And um, with the setup of the game, I think you could very easily could swap out one or two of the questions based off of if it's something that people can't think of or are uh, uncomfortable um, answering and such like that. So, um, but you know, it's uh, most stuff. It's pretty, pretty straightforward and such like that. So, but uh yeah this was a lot of fun yeah karina and melvin lived happily ever after if you're a fan of a uh, million dollar soulmate you can get the pdf for million dollar soulmate by greg sulci on drive rpg for like five dollars yeah. um totally worth so it,
0: worth
1: it. <laughs> yeah yeah fun little game i mean we, we got through this in like just an over hour. an hour yeah. yeah so definitely something you could just play whenever um with whomever we I, again we're still doing all this online and this worked fine so
0: yeah definitely yeah. take notes and that's part of the instructions that greg says but i know a lot of people are like i don't need to take notes i remember things now take notes you'll want to remember specific instances um <laughs> but i mean max and i just shared a google doc where we just could see each other's answers and you know if this is something you're playing digitally that's a great way to. To go about doing that, just have a notebook that both of you can edit and and look at and reference, and that makes it go really smoothly.
1: Yeah. So this was definitely a different pace than the games we've had here on Relatable Roles. Yeah. Over the last you know handful of episodes, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Looking forward to doing more um, light social collaborative games uh, in the future, as well as more Delta Green, uh, just more systems in general if there's uh anything that you guys want to hear us play or check out or maybe just talk about and not actually play whether it's rpg concepts or systems or our thoughts on various whatever's please let us know Re- relatable roles on twitter and instagram um, Relatable um,
0: roles podcast on instagram oh excuse
1: me relatable roles, podcast. relatable roles on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah look for the cute little coffee mug logo so you know you'll you'll find us um If you have not already, please uh, like and subscribe on whatever podcaster application capturing service of choice that you're using. Um, Tell your friends about us. You know, the more people that listen in, the more people we can have on and uh, things we can uh, do. And uh, hopefully just having a good time. I got nothing else for today. I'm still working on a new intro, new outro. So I
0: know we got to come up with something, something snappy. Yeah. Something snappy. (laughs) Yeah. Make all your roles relatable. <laughs> no, that's really bad. No,
1: that's bad. I'm I'm cutting that. <laughs> I'm not going to cut that. <laughs> that's a good way to end.
0: <laughs> that's us not knowing how to end is the perfect yep. way to end an episode. It's very on brand right. for us.
1: Yep. Yep. All right.
0: Watch this space for something a lot more clever, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye,
0: Bye Alistair.